Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Friday, June 12th, 2020. These days, a lot of people are wondering if Benedict XVI's resignation in February of 2013 was perhaps invalid. There appear to be some issues with how he phrased it, and the fact that he calls himself Pope Emeritus, retains the white cassock and the title Your Holiness, and still presumes to impart the apostolic blessing, and of course the fact that his successor is as Catholic as the Dalai Lama, have not a few people wondering about that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've resolved the conundrum for you. Benedict XVI's resignation was indeed invalid, but not because of some defect in the intent to resign, but because he never actually held the papal office even for an instant. In other words, you can't resign from the papacy if you're not the pope. Can we prove that? To quote a famous Kenyan-born individual, yes, we can. You see, The election of a public heretic to the papacy is invalid, as the Catholic Encyclopedia confirms, and in our most recent post on the blog at novusordowatch.org slash wire, we prove that Ratzinger was exactly that before his 2005 election, a public, manifest, and pertinacious heretic. In his 1982 book, released five years later in English translation as Principles of Catholic Theology, then Cardinal Ratzinger explicitly denied the dogma of papal primacy as defined by the First Vatican Council in 1870 as a primacy of jurisdiction and not merely a primacy of honor. Ratzinger claims that the primacy of jurisdiction is not part of the deposit of faith and was not believed by Catholics in the first millennium, and therefore it ought not to be a requirement for the Eastern Orthodox to profess this as an article of faith necessary for reunion. We've laid out the entire case in great detail with generous quotations from Ratzinger's work, and we also demonstrate pertinacity on his part in our post of June 11th, entitled Invalid Resignation or Invalid Election, Benedict XVI's Denial of the Dogma of Papal Primacy. That's our contribution to the endless debates about whether Benedict is still Pope or not. How about both? He's still not. On May 30th, the world's most notorious Jesuit, Jorge Bergoglio, Pope Francis, sent a video message to the so-called Catholic Charismatic Renewal International Service, in which he talked about the suffering in the world due to COVID-19, the uh, coronavirus thing. According to an article by Crux, posted on June 1st, Francis said that the distress that has come upon the world because of it, quote, will have been useless if we do not build together a more just, more equitable, more Christian society, not in name, but in reality, a reality that leads us to a Christian behavior. If we do not work to end the pandemic of poverty in the world, the pandemic of poverty in each of our own countries, in the cities where each of us lives, this time will have been in vain, unquote. 
So here you can see what a monstrous naturalist the man is. He's teaching that unless suffering endured leads to benefits in the temporal world, then it's useless. That is naturalism. Francis just completely denied the supernatural value of suffering, of misery and distress, if it's endured lovingly and patiently with God's help by souls in the state of sanctifying grace. Think about the immense supernatural value such suffering has. It can release souls from purgatory. It can merit graces for oneself and for others. It can obtain the conversion of sinners. It can make reparation for sin. It can even merit eternal life. Only with God's grace, of course. Yes, it can also, of course, obtain many important temporal helps, such as relieving physical suffering for others, finding employment, healing illness, and so on. But Francis, as usual, reduces it all to the natural plane and leaves it there. He always drags people down. He puts the supernatural at the service of the natural instead of the other way around. Now, I know in what I quoted, he does mention Christian society and Christian behavior, but that doesn't get him off the hook. For one thing, when he mentions Christian society, he really means Masonic society with religious liberty and interreligious dialogue and human fraternity and whatnot. And by Christian behavior, he essentially means corporal works of mercy and his own ideological dogmas like accompaniment and environmentalism and all that. But regardless, even though a true Christian society is what we want, that doesn't mean that suffering endured that doesn't lead to such a society is useless. And that's the point. By saying what he said, Francis just caused immense despair in countless suffering individuals whose temporal misery will never have any impact on this world, will never make a positive difference to anything going on on this planet. Let me tell you, naturalism is cruel, just like communism, which is the ultimate consequence for a society that denies or downplays the supernatural. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in the unlikely event that you missed it, it's been five years since the publication of Laudato Si, Francis' encyclical on the environment, and the Vatican is throwing a big party. According to a report by the so-called Catholic News Agency of May 19th, quote, The special Laudato Si anniversary year is an initiative of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development and will include a wide range of events, starting with a global day of prayer and ending in the launch of multi-year sustainability action plans. Just a few of the other special projects to be launched throughout the year are the new annual Laudato Si Awards, a documentary film on Laudato Si, a tree initiative, and a social media Read the Bible contest. Other planned events are a June 18th webinar marking the encyclical's release anniversary, as well as participation in the ecumenical Season of Creation Month, September 4th through October 1st, unquote. Now let's compare that to the Vatican festivities for the 100th anniversary of the anti-modernist encyclical Pascendi of Pope St. Pius X on September 8th, 2007, with Benedict XVI occupying the Apostolic Palace at the time. 
we have sourced an exclusive audio clip for you that provides a really good glimpse of the atmosphere of the celebrations. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, that too went on for a whole year, so... And then in August of uh, 2014, for the 100th anniversary of the holy death of Pope St. Pius X, the Vatican under Francis launched another celebration just like that. And the funny thing is, it sounded exactly the same. Now, you've probably heard me say this before, but if hypocrisy caused weight gain, Francis wouldn't fit into St. Peter's Square. On February 13th of this year, the Jesuit apostate gave one of his infamous daily homilies, and in it he warned of worldliness and the danger of, get ready for this, the danger of apostasy. <laughs> yeah, see, that's exactly my kind of humor, too. Francis preached on the day's reading, taken from the third book of Kings, or depending on what Bible you have, it's the first book of Kings, chapter 11, verses 4 to 13. That's the passage that talks about King Solomon's falling away from the faith and defecting into idolatry, which the pagan women he had taken for wives and concubines had seduced him into. So during his homily, Bergoglio warned against a slow slide into apostasy. Here's a direct quote provided by Vatican News. Quote, The women led his heart astray, and the Lord rebuked him. You turned away your heart. This happens in our own lives. None of us is a criminal. None of us commits great sins like David did with the wife of Uriah. But wherein lies the danger? Letting ourselves slide slowly because it is an anesthetized fall. You don't even realize it, but slowly you slip. Things get relativized and faithfulness to God is lost, unquote. Now, keep in mind, that's a man talking who, after five slow decades of Vatican II ecumenism and interreligious dialogue just last year, proclaimed that God desires a diversity of religions, that religious differences are something necessary, and ended up having a clearly idolatrous ceremony in the Vatican Gardens where mostly indigenous pagans prostrated themselves before a statue of Pachamama, another name for the earth goddess Gaia, and later accepted an offering to that goddess and placed it on the high altar of St. Peter's Basilica. So that man now warns us of a slow and anesthetized fall into apostasy. Very interesting. But it gets better. You see, the quote I just gave you, there's more to it. Francis added, quote, These women were from other peoples. They had their own gods. And how often do we forget the Lord and begin to deal with other gods? Money, vanity, pride. But this is done slowly, and without the grace of God, everything is lost. Unquote. So there, Francis has now identified the false gods he is warning us about that can lead us into apostasy. Not Pachamama, not Hindu idols, not the Talmudic Jewish Shekinah or the Muslim Allah, but money, vanity, pride.
if the indigenous pagans in the Amazon region worshipped money instead of Mother Earth, Francis would have given them a tongue-lashing instead of an Amazon synod. Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate.